Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. David, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Thank you very much, Eric. Looking forward to nerding out on how to become a networking rock star. You know, that's what we do on this show. And uh, I, I want to talk really about what you're doing now. You've worked so much in the SaaS space. And you know now, in 2022 now, uh, which is crazy, uh, everybody's talking about e-commerce and SaaS startups. But you got started two decades ago. So what was the landscape like when you first entered into the world of e-commerce, when you first got into the world of, of SaaS? Yeah, I'm I'm old, I guess. You know, <laughs> and to date me further, actually, my, my first business was maintaining in-house servers of mm. mid-sized businesses. You know, back then when servers were still in the basement of your office, you right. know, not somewhere in the cloud. And the background story is one of my customers where I was maintaining the servers and the CRM and stuff like this. He was the biggest manufacturer of Arabic water pipes, you know, like shisha, hookah, nargile, however mm. you call it. And I guess it's, it's hookah in the US. And he was very annoying and persistent and pushed me every time I was there. Like, hey, I don't know anything about tech, but I want to start an online store. Please mm. help me. Let's do this. And I just really did it to shut him up because he was so annoying. 
And um, then this business really took off. Mm. Uh, and so this is kind of like how I slipped into the e-commerce world and had a really good run, sold the business, which gave me the money to get my investor visa to move to the US. Because, you know, back then in Germany, early 2000s, there was like no tech ecosystem, no other startups. And I was looking, you know, had my eye on California, seeing what's going on there. I was like, oh, I guess I want to be part of this. So I sold my business, got the money for my investor visa and moved over to the US and um, co-founded MaxCDN, which is a content delivery network, which we sold six years ago or so. I kind of keep on going, like give you my, my full story, you know? So, yeah. uh, and um, after we sold the business, my wife wanted to move back to Germany and I couldn't go back to German weather conditions. So we ended up moving to the south of Turkey, which is somewhat close to Germany, but warm. Mm. And um, I thought I'd just like do early retirement and just like chill, but I got terribly bored and read a book called Conscious Capitalism, where the mm. idea is, you know, you don't, the whole idea of business is you just make the owners of the business rich and you, you know, increase shareholders value. And the conscious ways you do good by all stakeholders, meaning suppliers, customers, employees, the planet, et cetera, yada, yada, yada. And if you do this, then the business is the best vehicle to have a positive impact in the world. And this kind of really resonated with me. And so I want to get back into business because I always thought, kind of going a little deeper, my wife went through breast cancer eight years ago, nine years ago, not going which is soon great. But this was like a big wake up moment for me where I thought like, hey, I imagine myself on my deathbed looking back at my life thinking, did I really do what I was supposed to do that have the yeah. impact I want to have? And reflecting on this, you know, I want to do something that has more impact. So after reading this book, I knew I could just go back to doing business, you know, and having having a positive impact while doing business. Start an, an outsourcing business called L3 Plus, where we provide live chat agents and support agents. Then bought another business from my old business partner, which is Task Drive. We do lead research and sale SDR sales development reps and like a few others, accumulated a few more shortlists, building backlinks. And then I was mentoring the leadership teams of my businesses. I kind of matched myself out of the businesses and just coaching the leadership teams. Mm -hmm. And I was looking for a tool to do this properly. Couldn't find one, start building one. And now this is my focus project, which is UpCoach, which is a platform for coaches to make them run their business more efficient and have it scale. Yeah. So kind of compressed. Right, right. Compressing oh, a lot, a lot of time and a lot of experience in, in that period. I, I'm curious, you know, getting started, you know, I mean, literally moving countries to pursue this path, working in the e-commerce space, working in, in software and, and all these things that, like I said, at the time you got started was not the the word of the day. Now, if you open up, you know, you don't even open up a magazine, but if you go to like Entrepreneur or <laughs> Forbes and you start reading articles, every other article is about how to crush it in the SaaS space or, or how to do e-commerce. And there's people selling courses. W what gave you the foresight then to say like, there's potential and this is not something that's a fad or is going to be something that, hmm. you know, is going to be here long-term? To be honest, everything in my life kind of happens serendipitously. I mm. just kind of do stuff, you know, kind of like drill in, you know, for, do what's interesting. And then kind of one thing leads to the other. And I meet people that do interesting stuff. And, you know, kind of it's always about seeing how I can provide as much value as humanly possible. Because mm. I think money is a side effect of providing value. If you manage to provide as much value as possible, you'll be the richest person around. Kind of like mm. this idea. So everything kind of happened serendipitously, just like following by doing i'm not too strategic with stuff you know it's kind of just stuff happens i guess you know right yeah i love that <laughs> money's a side effect of providing value um it is 
you know, I, I was talking to someone just the other day who was, who was sharing that same mindset. You know, they were talking about, you know, I over deliver to everybody, provide value to everybody, you know, give examples of people he'd done work for, for free, who he knew couldn't afford to pay them because he knew it would, you know, he knew that giving value out into the world is going to come back to him in some way. You know, is there any way in which you, you mentioned not having a set strategy, you know, and I think some people do this in a negative way. They just say, oh, I'll work with this person. I can get to this next rung. You know, I'll just mm-hmm. build a relationship for no reason just to get here. You know, do you, do you have any intentionality with who you network with or, or what? No, it's kind of happens serendipitously. And I kind of, if I intentionally look for people, I can't look for like who can I provide the, the biggest value to. I, mm. I love integration marketing, kind of like, you know, finding a way where we can create a win-win-win situation. For example, if you have a large user base with your um, podcasting service, right? Yeah. If, if I have a, if, if I have a product that can integrate with you, providing massive value to your audience, kind of making them stick longer or like making them more money or whatever. For example, with Max CDN, my last business, which was a content delivery network, making websites faster. We integrated with W3 Total Cash, which was a WordPress caching plugin, right? Mm-hmm. And so the idea is he had like a button in there, like, hey, make your site even faster. Because people come to his plugin to make their site faster. And then there's like a button, like, hey, make your stuff even faster by using MaxCDN. They click on it. It's an easy inter- integration. Five minutes later, their website is on the CDN. Being faster, you know, customer happy. Um, the owner of the of the plugin happy because we pay him a commission. And we're happy because we have a new customer. You know, so yeah. like, like this, this type of thing, like finding ways to really provide value and also kind of going back to networking because i guess this is really about networking <laughs> right. if, if i see a new person you know i kind of always like wherever it is like on a flight at a conference mm-hmm. in an elevator at a conference whatever you know kind of like i always do my best to figure out how can i provide the most value with whatever tools that i have and kind of I'm, mm-hmm. I'm conscious about like what tools that i have I'm, I'm good with marketing i'm good with product i'm good with seo i'm good with you know i'm good, especially good with organizational development and I ask a few questions to see like, where can I hook into provide value to this person? Right. right. And then it's like, and I always play the long game. I don't have to get anything back from this person, but mm-hmm. kind of seeing how I can, you know, share recommendations, make introductions, you know, or talking about something like I, I love us, um, the book called traction, get a grip on your business by Gino Wickman. Mm-hmm. For example, sending somebody the book after we talked about this, you know, figuring out the address and like, Hey man, it's also meeting you. Yeah. Like, I, I think this book would really impact your life massively. Or personal development, I'm a total personal development nerd. So helping people on this front. So it's, it's always about providing value. And then somehow, in some odd ways, it always comes back somehow. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, you providing value is one thing and actually, uh, investing or partnering with someone who's, you know, starting a business is another thing, you know, building that level of trust or putting in the financial skin into the game is a big thing. And like I said, now, you know, SaaS is the word of the day, like everybody and their mother seems to be starting some kind of SaaS company or, or just a online company in general. Um, for you now, you know, when you're looking at startups and you're looking at different companies that are, that are starting out on a, on a concept and trying to bring it to market, what are some of the biggest things you're looking for to see if that uh, investment or that company is worth looking into or putting time and money into? I mean, it's the, the, I think it always comes down to people mainly, mm. like if the, it's the team that puts it together, you know, mm. how driven are they, what are their capabilities, what previous history do they have like you know what did they do before yeah. how they connected you know i think this is kind of like where where i put the most focus on but i usually don't invest i usually kind of like 
built or yeah. um, for example i'm building a new service right now called uber qa which is a you know software qa service because we used one that we were not happy with so we fired him and i thought okay i hired this person she's amazing she's been doing qa for over 15 years you know mm. it's like uber nerd in the space so i build a business around her because with my other businesses we have all the capabilities of like we have a big recruiting team we have a big training team so we can hire a lot of people and train a lot of people and then basically you know building this business around her so i always like to have like um an extreme domain expert where i can build a business around because i can't be an expert mm. in everything if i dream up whatever the pain point may be of something somebody it's it's really hard or with upcoach i partnered up with my friend todd herman who's been a coach for over 25 years like really the og when it comes to coaching he wrote a book called the alter ego effect which is like wildly popular so partnering up with him on upcoach when i reached out to him it's like hey man i built this coaching platform but i'm another coach by trade what do you think about this and he's like hey, this solves 90 percent of my pain points mm-hmm. you know and but he can like with his expertise we could like really refine it and make it much better so i like having this in my businesses so i don't have to guess and I really know what the pain points are right know? right so, yeah no and and i, I love that you keep bringing it back to networking because it really is you know bringing in somebody who has the expertise in an area is super super helpful you know and you know when you're when you're sitting there and you have that initial idea how quickly are you bringing someone in to see if this is a need like are you building anything before usually i i scratch my own itch that's like what Mm. i prefer doing you know like because i see there's a pain point i have a rough idea how i can solve this pain point and then this is kind of what i'm focusing on right right yeah no that's that's super interesting and and i'm curious for for people who are listening who haven't stepped into this world at all and maybe they feel this pain point or they think they have a great idea for something or they feel like there's a pain point that they're experiencing and like to solve what step would you recommend they take you know do you recommend them reaching out to a developer do you recommend them asking around to see if other people are experiencing it what's step one so number one thing is you have to understand the jungle and if you don't have the domain expert if you want to become the domain expert this is cool story of the American general that fought the Vietnamese, um, like 10 years later, the U.S. president went over to Vietnam and kind of meet with the president and the mm-hmm. general that fought this other general, they, they, they met. And the American general said like, hey, dude, like how the heck could you beat us? You know, we had like <laughs> way more advanced weapons, way more money, way more people like, like we, we should have just crushed you, but you ate us for lunch. Like how in the world did this happen? And the uh, Vietnamese general said like, we understand the jungle better. So you want to understand the jungle. And I have like this document, which which I call Understanding the Jungle, where I kind of like, you know, I have like a bunch of questions on like the current state of somebody. This is in it um, extensively for coaches while building up coach, even though Todd came on board, but I also want to understand and get my, yeah. um, you know, wrap my head around this. So what are they currently using? You know, for us, it was like the delivery, the payment, the scheduling. I kind of like kind of breaking it down mm-hmm. by all these these areas. And what are they currently using? Understand like where they're at, what what's like uh, metrics that they measure themselves success on then uh kind of getting an idea of the current state then i show what we have built or what we have mocked up and then based on this like i ask them a few questions like hey would you what would you add what do you subtract what's really necessary what, what's not and kind of like you know get a really good understanding on what um is needed you know and you can a friend of mine, he runs WP Engine. He when he built WP Engine, he reached out to I think like eighty some hmm. um, thought leaders in the WordPress space and said like, "Hey guys, I'm building this WordPress hosting thing. I would love to jump on a call with you to get your insights. You know, I'm happy to pay your hourly fee or whatever. Yeah, but I really want to understand like to build something amazing. And I think he like pretty much everybody agreed to jump on the call. And nobody charged him. 
mm. you know and if you do this then you also have like the like early users early adopters and and also influencers that you know when you keep them in the loop like okay thank you for the input now we, we actually did this and blah if you keep them in the loop once you launch you have like advocates that can push yeah. it out and have a massive impact so go this route share your idea talk it through with people don't be sometimes people come to me like hey you're in technology build startups right like i have this amazing <laughs> idea but you have to write an N- sign an nda yeah. to they, they can talk to you it's like dude like fuck off you know like just yeah get lost that, that's such a radically different view than so many people have because so many people are and we've we've talked about this and some people look at us like we're crazy but when it comes to like being very secretive and sign this and sign an NDA and you know go through all this paperwork just to take a look at the idea why is that not something someone should be focused on because that that some people give that advice like make sure they sign an NDA make sure that you do this why that response to it oh because it's it's just dumb you know ideas are a dime a dozen you know like yeah. it's it's all about in the execution yeah you know you kind of it's it's you know having ideas like one thing but like really executing this you have to be excellent like kind of every day getting up mm-hmm. you know at you know grinding on this thing and yeah I, it's it's all the having a good idea is like one thing but then the execution is the multiplier on like how how good this actually becomes you know so this episode of the show is brought to you by indeed We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane so they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day which is why indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Look, we've circled this a ton without saying it, you know, at networking, you know, we we talk about how important that is. You know, I'm I'm just going to pose the question to you now. We can kind of talk from here. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Oh, it's for sure. Who, who you know? Because like these people are amplifiers, and you know, if you if you build a business 
I want to know somebody who's like much better than me in, in terms of product. You know, for example, I'm talking to somebody to hire a head of product for Upcot right now. I don't have to be the best at product. Screw that. You know, I just kind of have to also, you know, I used to be a Linux system and network engineer almost in a past life, but just know enough that people can bullshit me. Mm. But I, you know, I, I just need to understand and kind of like wrap my head around this. And, mm. you know, if, yeah, if somebody's like bullshitting or not, but then I want to hire the best people. I want to work with the best people. I want to be connected with the best people or connect with people that have massive accesses. So, you know, I'm such a fan of integration marketing. So partnering up with somebody who has like millions of users that could, you know, for example, with WP Total Cash can then integrate us, you know, and promote us is like worth way more than like, you know. I don't care. I, I, I can be, uh, I can be dumb and just a good network and find the right people to, right. to do all that stuff. You know, so like definitely on the uh, who you know. Yeah. I mean, also it, who you know, and these people have to like you. You have to provide value right. to these people. You know, so like, yeah. just no one like, oh yeah, this idiot again that like knocks them out. Or you know, so it has to be exactly. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you need to have a enough of an understanding of the quote unquote jungle to be dangerous. But then you're hiring someone who lives in the jungle to tell you how yes, to actually take yes, it to yes, the next yes. level. Yes, because um, this is how you scale. And I'm, I'm also managing myself. You know, I have a more than a handful of businesses. I'm always and I'm I'm an organization development nerd, so I always like manage myself yeah. out of the the business, so mm-hmm. I can work on the business, not in the business. Because okay. this is when you can actually really scale. If you just kind of like you know deep in 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 the gear and you just like crank the thing yourself, then it doesn't work. You have to kind of, if you want to scale, you have to remove yourself as much as possible from the business so you can work on it, not in it. Was this something that you learned the hard way where you, you know, tried to master something and build a business initially and then realized, okay, I can't do this. I need to bring someone in. Or did you do this from day one? I kind of did from day one, but the real aha moment was when we sold MaxCDN and it was bought by the person who was the CEO of um, SoftLayer who sold to IBM for like $2.4 billion. And this was like 10 plus years ago. So it was like a really big deal. Now billion dollar valuation is like kind of happening. You know, we read about it all the time, but like back then it was like, holy cow. Yeah. And when I, I was the CMO of the business of, of StackPath that bought MaxCDN, and while putting together the brand, I always put Lance, the CEO, into meetings. They're like, hey, man, you know, this is what we're doing. This is what I'm thinking. And blah, kind of like getting his input. And after the third meeting where he just like sat through and said that at the end, like, yeah, it's great. And left, you know, I pulled him aside. Like, dude, like, am I fucking up? Or like, yeah, sorry. For <laughs> but, uh, it's just like, you know, um, don't you care? Or like, what's going on? You know, you yeah. just like say it's cool. And, and you know. He said, like, yeah, me as a CEO, I only have to do three things. I have to make sure there's enough money. So I have to fundraise and make sure enough money is coming in. Mm. I have to preach the mission and the vision of the company, like a parrot to the inside world and to the outside world, like, you know, like to your team and also to the, the, the market. And I have to hire people in the key positions that are much smarter than me in this area and leave them alone, just manage them by KPIs. Mm. And just like, you know, if so, because before, like my business partners and I at Maxine, we always like stirred the pot everywhere, jumping in, like you know, confusing mm-hmm. people. And if you do this, then people also don't really own an area because like, you know, like daddy's going to come and fix it or whatever. Like, oh, it's not <laughs> really fully responsible. The responsibility is on me. Um, so yeah, I think like in terms of properly delegating, you have to kind of really allow your team members to really have deep ownership of things because then you fully they fully use their mental capacities and just like behave differently versus if you're kind of always like half in you know yeah you you mentioned like you know not jumping in and and you know taking control over every area but also (laughs) preaching the vision out you know loudly you know to the inside Mm -hmm. and the outside where do you 
draw that line between, you know, casting vision, but also giving ownership to your team. So where, you know, you've got your broad vision for the company, but then you've got your team member, you know, in full control over their, their sphere. I mean, the stuff that they're doing in their sphere can, has to be 1000% aligned with the overall company mission and vision, you know, kind of like who we're doing this for, where do you want to go and, you know, how we're going to get there. Like this has to be in line. And also our core values have to be really in line that everybody can use this as a decision-making thing. So cool example, um, a friend of mine, he started ring.com, you know, it was sold mm-hmm. to Amazon for like a lot of money. And um, I talked to his head of engineering with nerding out on mission, vision values. And he brought up a perfect example. He said, we have these floodlights that you put on the side of the house, you know, the ring floodlights. Mm-hmm. And then, when somebody walks past, the lights go on. You can you see them on your phone. Say like, "Hey, what are you doing on my property? You got lost, so I called the cops." Right, this type of thing. And one of his engineers came to him and said, "Like, hey, man, I have this amazing idea, best feature idea ever. We create the party mode because these floodlights have lights and they have a microphone. So if we turn on party mode, the lights flash with the music. Right, that's best idea ever." And he could have told this engineer, "Like, dude, that's a stupid idea. Just like go back to your desk." And then this guy would have been crushed, and he would have never, you know, brought up ideas again potentially. But he said, that's cool, but the, what does this have to do with our mission, which is to make neighborhoods safer? Mm-hmm. And the guy was like, mm, yeah, you're right. And if you really hammer the mission, mission values into people's heads, then they will all make decisions the same way you would make the decisions wow. all the way down. It's going to trickle down, kind of like, like an anthill where everybody knows, mm-hmm. or like a fish swarm, right? Just like, a, you know, it's a predator that comes and they just kind of yeah. move out. Yeah. You know? No, that's, that's super helpful. Well, you've, you've talked about being a networking nerd, but before we hit record, you were saying that wasn't always the case. You know, there was, uh, you know, there was a long time you were scared of the idea of networking, getting on conference calls, talking with people, you know, for people who are listening, which is probably a lot who are listening to the show who say, I've got great business ideas. I'm a, you know, I'm good at what I do, but the idea of networking with someone terrifies me. I'm a total introvert. What tips or advice would you give to them as they kind of try to, develop this crucial skill yeah absolutely i'll tell you the story how i overcame this i call myself a recovering introvert (laughs) because you know so i told you before yeah i was even uncomfortable on conference calls which is kind of ridiculous looking back now but you know uh it was the case and um i saw a friend of mine when i went to a conference who was crushing it with networking He he had so much fun he made crazy connections he you know so he had like amazing fun and he it was really benefiting his business in a massive way. And so I thought, okay, I want this. How do I get to this point to get this? So I went to Toastmasters, which is like public speaking training thingy. It's like they're everywhere. If you go to toastmasters.org, you'll find one. It's actually kind of fun. And you meet cool people who are also driven. It's in a networking thing, right? You meet cool people who are driven to learn and grow. Yeah. So this helped me. And I went went there twice a week. And I went to two networking events in L.A., um, per week and just like talk to everybody on their mom hmm. until I kind of like exposure therapy style. I just like overcame this introvertness, right? Yeah. Or this fear, this insecurity. But the real switch in my head was flipped when my yoga teacher said, every decision in life you make out of love or out of fear. And this hmm. may sound super hippie and think that what does this have to do in a business podcast, but hear me out. If, for example, I also hated sales with a passion, you know, like I was like, yeah. felt like a used car salesman, you know, shoving something down somebody else's throat. But if I want to sell you something and I think this can really help you in your life or in your business, I can be even I can be a pushy salesman. It's like Eric freaking buy this is gonna be really good for you. Because then I'm acting out of love versus acting out of fear. 
you know, I just do this because I have to hit my numbers. I have to pay my mortgage. You know, if this is the motivator for me to do something, then it's, it feels terrible. And also you on the other side feel where I'm coming from and you're less likely to buy. So love not fear is like became my absolute mantra also in terms of networking or public speaking. Let's talk about public speaking first. I would have preferred to shoot myself in the face with a smile versus speaking in front of a thousand people, right? It's like, screw that. Because I always was full of fear thinking, oh, do they think I have a great German accent? Do they think what I'm saying is stupid? Do they think I look weird? Whatever, right? Or being a podcast, be a podcast would have never happened. Because I was always full of fear. It was about me, not about the others. So if I go into the you know mindset of love, what I have to share here can help people to network better, you know? And um, then it's about them and not about me. And then it, it's just flowing. I can present because, you know, everything just, it, it just works way better. Or meeting people before I always thought like, you know, talking to somebody next to me on the, on the plane, like, you know, they probably don't want to talk. They want to, you know, if I ask them something, that's going to be eh, you know? But yeah. now I think like, oh, uh, there's this new human being that I can provide value to. Let's talk to them, find a few, you know, ask a few questions. Yeah. Find where I can like hook in to provide value. And then this is how, how, how you know, it, it works amazingly well when you get yeah. into this mindset of like, hey, I'm just here to provide value to other people. It's yeah. so simple. Yeah, no, I relate to so much to that. And I'm, I'm sure you've learned by now, uh, it, having an accent with Americans is so helpful because anything you say sounds super smart. When we hear somebody come in with an accent, they're speaking from stage. You're like, they know, they understand something that I don't. So it's it's kind of a kind of a hack or cheat code for a little bit of extra extra credibility. Uh, sometimes I I've actually joked with uh, Travis Ucoz. Sometimes I've told him I was like, man, I wish I had like a nice British accent, you know, because then we could do all these tutorial videos. We'd sound it would sound amazing. But <laughs> but no, I, I relate to you, and I, I love that you mentioned that idea of exposure therapy and just getting out and doing it because. I, I relate when you said you'd rather shoot yourself with a smile, like that is exactly how I felt. Um, someone was asking me, you know, because I, now I work with three different podcasts. I'm, I'm on mics all day long and they're like, Oh, I wish I could do that. You know, I just, I hate the sound of my voice. I get scared getting behind a microphone. And I always tell them, you know, two years before I launched my first podcast, I worked in a, uh, in a marketing you know, it was video marketing. So I had to do a, a video talking about my department. So the video guy doing a video about video. And I went in at 1130 at night when everybody had left, there was no chance anyone was going to be in the office. I hit record <laughs> on the camera. I stepped on my mark and I felt like I was going to burst into, into tears because looking down the lens, knowing people were going to watch what I was doing just, was mm. terrifying. And, you know, literally now the reason I'm able to do it is because I've done it hundreds of times. Like I've gotten behind a microphone hundreds and hundreds of times and now it's not scary anymore. Like it's, it's, it's completely eradicated that fear. And I don't mind the sound of my own voice now. So only other people have to worry about that uh, from here on out. But um, yeah, that's super helpful. And that's super encouraging. I think for those who like me or like you years back are feeling that hesitation of going out and, and doing this because it is such a crucial skill to develop, to build a network like that. So, uh, so thanks for sharing that. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to wrap us up here with a quick random round. We like to get some quick questions with some quick answers. First off, I got to know, you know, with networking being so key, it, can you think back to a time where, you know, a relationship completely changed the course of, your business or of your trajectory in life? <laughs> if you could name just one. <laughs> with relation to networking? Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, for example, I met Todd Herman, my business partner, Upcoach. I met him at a networking dinner um, that a friend of mine, Eric Sue, was hosting at Traffic and Conversion Summit. By the way, hosting dinners is the best thing since hmm. sliced bread. Like when you go to a conference, just like wherever, just invite thought leaders, invite people in the space, like 10 people. It's, it's the best networking ever. But and, and you just like pick up the bill. It's the best investment you can do. But anyhow, so um, I met Todd at this. Um, he was sitting next to me and we, you know, like we, we chat, had, had a good time. And then I, you know, I had a year later, I had built up coach um, and I want to reach out to him because he was like the best well-known coach that I knew in my, in my Rolex. I didn't know him well. We just met once. And uh, I thought like, eh, I don't want to reach out. I'm going to feel like kind of like acting out of fear. Like it's going to like act like a sleazy sales pitch. I don't want to do that. But then he shared something and he does a lot of group coaching. This is kind of really what I, on, on Facebook, this is really what I built it for. And I thought like, yeah, whatever. And just record the video um, showing him like, hey man, you know, we met there. We, I just, I built this thingy. I showed him and just sent him a Loom video. And he responds with like, I want to invest. I want to be a business partner, you know? So it's like the power of networking. What profession other than your own do you think it would be fun to attempt? I went to 14 different schools. I got kicked out a lot and I was pretty <laughs> lost, didn't know what to do. So I went to the um, Arbeitsamt in Germany, which like where the job center where they list like all possible jobs. I read through all of them. I thought this is all horrible. I don't do any of this. So I was really lost, didn't know what to do. And then a friend of mine asked, asked me like, hey man, you go for computers. How about we start a business together? Mm. And then I found entrepreneurship was like, ah, uh, you know, it's like I found my thing. So I cannot see myself doing anything other than being an entrepreneur. Gotcha. If you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk to them for an hour, who would it be and why? I lost my dad when I was 12. So it would be kind of cool to, to chat with him. I'm a big fan of Napoleon Hill. Yeah. It's like a bunch of, yeah, not sure. I haven't really, really thought about this this much, but I think like, you know, my dad, Napoleon Hill come, come to mind first, probably. How do you like to learn best? Is it books, blogs, podcasts, videos? What's your, what's your favorite way to learn? Audible. I consume a lot of, I think I have 298 books in my Audible completed, Mm. you know, so um, maybe this year won't, won't be 300, but uh, next year we're going to get to 300. And I listen to them on two X speeds most of the time. And I'm a very audible learner. It's like gets into my head really well. And I can do this while jogging or walking the dogs. So it's like definitely my go-to to consume. Gotcha. Do you have a favorite this year that you've checked out? A favorite what? A favorite. Do you have a favorite book that you've listened to this year? Kind of re-listened to a bunch of books. Um, one is Outputting the Devil by Napoleon Hill. Um, it's like very impactful in my life. And then uh, The Four Agreements, also a really impact- impactful book. Gotcha. And gotcha. Um, so, yeah these two if, if you haven't consumed them and traction get a grip on your business yeah. if you're in business you really want to awesome. um consume this one uh give me a glimpse of your morning routine i'm a total habits nerd i believe that habits determine everything in your life if you're rich poor happy unhappy be so in shape it all boils down to which habits you cultivate so my morning routine is um starts with my evening routine i prep the next day kind of like minutely like which what's my frog you know what the, what's the the task i really don't want to do which i procrastinate i'll do this one first what's my focus task and just kind of going through my to-do planning. Then in the morning, 5.30, I get up, I do my yoga. I At 6 a.m., three times a week, my personal trainer comes to my house. And um, the other days I go for a run and um, then I walk the dogs and bring my daughter to school. So that's kind of my, my morning routine. 
I know you mentioned you listen to Audible all the time, but do you have a go-to pump-up song that gets you moving in the morning or that you, you put on when you need some motivation? Mm, I listen to Brain FM okay. to get focused. Um, it helps me tremendously to, you know, like binaural, binaural beats or whatever it's called, like kind of gets me into the zone to, to just work. Right. And for working out, I, I don't know the name. It's on my, my playlist, some drum-based song that kind of, if I want to like get like really fast running times i listen to the song and i'm, I'm always fast but I can't you switch your ring light to party mode and you've got that flashing in the background <laughs> um, what's something you're not very good at i have a can it be a long answer <laughs> sure <laughs> I, I have a condition i just found out like a little under a year ago that i have a condition called aphantasia okay which i cannot create images in my head so when i close my eyes and i think of an apple i see nothing and huh. i also i also cannot create or recreate sound taste smells or emotions so I cannot, yeah, basically, um, it's, I'm always very much in the present. So, and a negative side effect of this is I <laughs> sound so bad, but I do not feel empathy. I have mm. a logical empathy. I deeply care about people, but I don't feel it. And like, before I was aware of this, you know, when you tell me that you're going through a tough time, I may have been just like still smiling at you, you know, not mm -hmm. feeling like, Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And just logically, okay, you could do this and this and this and this to, to get out of this position. Gotcha. But, um, you know, just everything in my head is logic based, not like very few emotions. So um, I'm, I'm, a fr I'm a friendly sociopath, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I could talk about this forever because it's very interesting. Was this something you noticed? Because like, I'm always curious about things like this. You know, it's like when someone's colorblind, you know, and they don't realize it because they've no, never no, seen it. I had it, no you know? idea. I had no idea. How, how did it come was up off or, with me? or how did you find out? You know, when my, when my father died, I was 12. I, it took me like a few hours to get over it. You know, it was like logical. It's nobody's fault. He, he died of, of cancer. It's nobody's fault. It's nothing right. I can do with this or this. I'll just move on. And um, so I knew something was very different with me from, from other people. Yeah. But like, uh, I talked to my business partner, who's the CTO at UpCoach, and he's like an amazing artist. He draws like super crazy stuff. And he also composes music, aside from being a very gifted engineer. Mm -hmm. And he said like, hey, man, I have so many images in my head that I see that I want to draw. And I hear so many sounds in my head that I want to compose. I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, because like... I, <laughs> You're like, like, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Wait, yeah. 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 You know, and then while talking to him, I Googled it and I found this thing called Aphantasia, which I closed mind's eye, you know, so... And, oh, yeah. Also, like, you know, people having such a hard time with meditation for me, it's just like I close my eyes and then it's wow. dark. There's nothing, you know? So it's. Yeah. That's yeah, super interesting. Kind of quite mind blowing. Um, to yeah. people, like counting sheep when you want to fall asleep was like the dumbest thing for me ever because I just lay there and count. Yeah, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. That's interesting. What, man, it's weird closing out here because I have a billion questions about this, but uh, what what is one place online where people can connect with you the most? What's the best way for someone to connect if they want to follow your your journey? You should be probably Twitter or Instagram. Instagram probably I'm, I'm, I'm the most active on, um, but also, you know, I'm all social networks, LinkedIn, gotcha. Facebook, Instagram. I'm, I'm, please connect. But let me know that you heard me on Eric's podcast because otherwise I get like so many random requests and then i may not accept them but I'll, I'll definitely chat with you if you, if you mention it, you come from eric awesome awesome well thank you so much for for joining me on the show and for giving such great insights i really appreciate it and uh thank you everybody who's listened to the episode be sure to head to the link in the show notes connect with david over there and i will see you in the next episode
Rock and roll. Thanks for having me, Eric. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about. In your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans. Like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.